many glorious days. The resurrection was a glorious day. The crucifixion and the birth of Jesus Christ. As we are still kind of in our Advent time, we are in the 12 days of Christmas leading up to when uh, what we call Epiphany. When the uh, wise men came, we'll be looking at their visit uh, next week. But as we've been talking all along through Advent about preparing ourselves, um, they were preparing themselves back then for the birth of Christ, and we're preparing ourselves today for Christ to return. But I think what we have to look at, because this can become confusing, especially with all that's going on today, if you turn on the media, if you turn on the TV, you hear that this is happening over here by this group, and there's a group over here saying, no, that's not what's happening, this is what's happening, and it's all around. And we begin to wonder, because things that we've studied and things that we've been taught all along, now we're telling is not the truth. And we're really trying to, if you're like me, you struggle with what is the truth? Where is it? Can I believe what's being said? So if we're in Advent and we're preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ, which stems all the way back to the birth of Christ, I believe we have to ask ourselves one question. And that's what I want us to spend some time this morning looking at is, can I believe the Christmas story? If everything else that we've believed and now some are saying are not true, can I believe the Christmas story? If I'm going to base my life on the birth of Christ and I'm going to prepare myself for the return of Christ based upon the birth of Christ, if you're like me, I have to know I can believe it. In today's time when it's becoming slowly but surely more difficult to be a believer... We need to understand that we can believe what we read. We need to understand that what's in this scripture is truth. Now let me just mention this. When we talk about that, what's in this Bible is the truth. We believe that the word of God is infallible. There's no errors. There's no mistakes. That's the original manuscript. But we understand that what's said in here is truth. Now you might find a, a variance of a word. My translation might read a little different than your translation. But it says the same thing. And it's based upon God's word. And we can believe this. And we can believe the Christmas story. And that's what I want us to look at this morning as we look into this. I want us to turn to First Peter you would turn with me to 1 Peter chapter, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1. As we look at Peter talking later after the birth of Christ, after Christ has ascended to heaven, the uh, ascension has happened, the church is beginning to grow, letters are going out, and Paul writes to them about uh, false teachers that are coming into the church. The first Peter is based upon what was going on inside the church. Second Peter, he was writing back to the church about what was going on or kind of around and false teachers and he wants them to understand some things. And I believe that through looking at this, we can understand that the answer to the question is yes. And I know you all believe that we can believe the Christmas story, but let's look at this. Coming from Second Peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 12 if you have turned there would you please stand as I read God's word 
Beginning in verse 12, Paul's writing, he says, Therefore I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure you will be able to call these things to mind. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Father God, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for your holiness. And Lord, today I just pray that you would open our eyes and our ears, Father, and our hearts that we can hear from you. That Father, Lord, you would just fill me now and speak through me, a vessel, a servant willing to be used by you. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. As we look at God's word and we look at learning things and stories that we read, we all go to school. Many of us have been there. And you learn through things that they taught you. You learned your multiplication. You learned how to read. You learned how to, to write. You, If most of you, I was not good with phonics and that kind of stuff. And you all know that just from listening to me preach. But we learn as we go through. But, you know, when my teacher told me that two times two was four, that was not the only time I ever heard it. I heard it, a, what, again and again and again. And we see here in Scripture the first thing about the Christmas story in God's Word is that it's been passed down through repetition. You know, to learn something, the more you repeat it, the more you hear it over and over, the more you learn it. Why do we talk about the Christmas story and the birth of Christ every year at Christmas? Because it helps us to remember. And you know, the more that you hear it, the more it becomes ingrained into who you are, the more you learn what it is. So when someone begins to change the story, you recognize something's not right. If I was to stand up here today and tell you two times two equals five, you would disagree with me. Because you believe, because you've learned through repetition that two times two is four. Paul was writing there beginning in verse 12. 
He said, therefore I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. That's where we are today. Many of you have heard the Christmas story. The stories of the Bible, the death, the burial, the resurrection, all of that, we've heard it time and time again. The older you are, the more times you heard it. You probably wonder, is he going to preach on that every Christmas? Yes, that's kind of what we do, but it, it reminds us. And Paul, uh, Peter was even telling them right here, you already know these things that he was teaching them at this time. He said, you already know them. But I want to continue to remind you. I want to continue to bring that before you so that it can continue to grow even though it's established in you. And he, he said there, verse 13, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. We all need reminding. You know, every time I read the Christmas story, most of the time, something different stands out to me. Something different comes up. It's the same story. It's God's living word, but we need to be reminded. We need to, to look back at it so that we can remember that. And then he says there at verse 14, he says, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent. Peter is saying he's basically he's getting ready to die. And he says, also our Lord Jesus Christ is made clear to me. And I will be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Peter's saying, I'm reminding you of this over and over and over. This repetition. I want you to continue to hear it. I want it to sink down in you. You know, even in their day, they were dealing with worldly problems. They were dealing with cultural problems. They were dealing with government problems. They are dealing with people wanting to change it because ever since Christ showed up on the face of the earth and he began to come to proclaim that he was the Messiah, the Son of God, they wanted to do away with him. They've wanted to cover it up just like we deal with today. They want to change the story. It's anything but a virgin birth. Well, you know, Mary and Joseph, they got together. You know how people are. He married her. She wasn't a virgin when she gave birth. Yes, she was. They can do anything to try to change it. Just as today. I mean, you turn on the TV, and I would say probably this year, more than any other year, I've heard anything about Christ on the TV as far as commercials and things like that. For years and years, they've been trying to just, let's talk about the Christmas tree. Let's talk about the presents. Come down, we've got a sale on. Come buy this gift so that you can get it. Come get in debt so that you can never get it paid off. It's all about everything but Jesus Christ. You know, years back, more than this year, we've struggled with the stores even saying Merry Christmas. How many of y'all remember that? We're going to say happy holidays. Anything to remove this. That's why we need to be reminded. What better place than repetition even in the church so that we can keep it in front of us because that repetition happens not only for us, but you know every year there's someone new. There's little children right over here. They need to hear the story over and over. Because if we stop, what society has been trying to do is to change things. And eventually there will be a generation that doesn't know about certain things or our history. 
There will be a certain generation and there are generations here today that what happened in history has been altered so that they now believe it was something else. If we don't keep telling the story of the birth of Christ over and over, then how is that? So can you believe it? Yes, because it's been passed down through history over and over and over and over and over again. And you know what? It stayed the same. For those who were in the circle, those who knew what happened, they passed it down. But not only is it through repetition, but it has been passed down through eyewitnesses. That makes a big difference to me. I don't know about you. An eyewitness to tell you a story. Isn't that special? God gave us that. Let's look. Peter was even talking about that. Look back there at 2 Peter 1.16. said, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and the coming of Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now what is he talking about? Peter was not there at the birth of Jesus Christ. But do you know who was there at the birth of Jesus Christ? Mary, his mother. And if there's anyone that can give you an eyewitness account, Mary can testify, I was a virgin. Mary can testify, I gave birth. Mary can testify to what happened. Mary was around when Peter was there. So the eyewitness of Mary has now passed down the story to Peter and God is using Peter to carry this on. But what was he an eyewitness to? Listen to this, verse 17. For when he received honor, talking about Jesus, and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made known to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. What mountain were they at? Turn over to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17 beginning in verse 1. Matthew writes, Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, who was the one writing Second Peter, and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses... And Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here. One for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. Peter was there when Jesus, as we call, kind of transfigured. You remember when Jesus came from heaven, he clothed over his glory. One thing that uh, I have probably said incorrect in the past and some others, he did not leave his deity in heaven. When he came to earth, he was all God... And he was all man, but he chose to clothe over his glory because we could not stand to look upon his glory. It was so perfect. 
so bright and so brilliant. But here for a, a split moment, Peter and those others that were with him, John and James were up there on this mountain and the glory of Christ began to shine through. And there with him was Moses and Elijah. Do you know why it was important that Moses and Elijah was there? Moses is representing the law. Elijah was representing the prophets. The Old Testament is all about the law and the prophets. And now Jesus, the one making the new way, is there. And he begins talking with them. God allowed Peter to be there. He was an eyewitness to that. Can you believe that if he's seen that, that he believes in what he's talking about? And he has recounted that story over and over. And he shared that story. And it passed down. And we begin looking at how that goes through the eyewitness. There was Mary. The mother was there at the birth. She was there. And we read in scripture as Mary was present during Jesus' ministry. Peter was one of the disciples, one of the apostles, walking along. So he's an eyewitness to what Jesus was doing. Peter was there when Christ ascended up to heaven. He was an eyewitness. Mary, the eyewitness of the mother, passed down. And it is our job today to continue to pass these stories down. Well, I'm not an eyewitness, you might say. If you're a born-again believer, you are an eyewitness of what happened in your life. No one else can take that from you. That recounts back to God fulfilling his word even in your life. As we pass down the story, God's word is here. We can believe the Christmas story because it's been passed down through repetition. It's been passed down through the eyewitnesses. But more than that, it has also been passed down through inspiration. You might call it revelation. I call it inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You know, I could sit down today and I could grab a pen and a piece of paper and I could begin to write a note and it wouldn't mean a whole bunch of anything. But God's word was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God was speaking and revealing to those who wrote his word. And it was inspired by him. Let's take a look there back at 2 Peter 1 beginning in verse 19. It says, So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, and the morning star rises in your heart. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. We can turn back into our Old Testament and you can read there and you can see the prophecies that were written about the birth of Jesus Christ. These prophecies were written long before the birth ever happened. They wasn't pinned down after the fact. That was the word that they had before then, the Old Testament. And Jesus' prophecies of his birth, every one of those prophecies about his birth was fulfilled. 
Talked about him being from Nazareth. Talked about him being born of a virgin. Talked about him coming to, to bring light to the world. You can go and you can look at all of those. I think I shared this with you a few years ago. Uh, Mr. Kenneth, you'll probably like this one, Miss Nancy. I heard that if you look at the prophecies made about the birth of Jesus, how many there were, and that all of them had been fulfilled, it would be as if you took quarters and covered the state of Texas. I think it was a mile deep, the entire state. Took one quarter, put a letter on it, put it in there, mixed them all up. And the first time you reach in and pull it out, that's the chances that they say that some of the prophecies, but every prophecy. Can you believe the Christmas story? Yes, it fulfilled every prophecy that's been written. Every prophecy was wrote under the inspiration of God. Peter's even saying that those prophecies didn't come by man making them up. They came under the inspiration of Holy Spirit and then they spoke them and they wrote them down. And he says there that this inspiration come through prophetic word to be a light shining in a dark place. It was a dark time in the nation of Israel. It was a dark time for the world when Jesus came. You know, the day of Jesus' birth did not come by a lottery drawing. The little balls wasn't bouncing around in there in a certain time. They suck up and said, this is going to be the day, number 24. It was a divine time. God was waiting till the right time. Before time ever began, God had that date set. Because he knew when things were going to be right. Roads had begun to be built so that the word could travel out. It was the right time. The hearts were ready for many. And his birth came fulfilling those. And he became a light shining in the darkness. The wise men, what did they see but a star in the ninth that was different brightly shining but Jesus in scripture is often called the what the word in the beginning was the word the word was with God that's talking about Jesus and his word that we have today is a light into our path very familiar verse you're probably familiar with Psalm 119 105 your word is a lamp to my feet and a, a light to my path there is a path that we're to take. God has a perfect and glorious path for us. And we find those directions in his word that's passed down through repetition, passed down through eyewitnesses, and given through the inspiration, passed down through that inspiration. So yes, we can believe the Christmas story because it is fulfillment of Scripture. And we see it fulfilling that. We see the effects that it has had all the way until today. Every one of you sitting in here has been affected by the birth of Jesus Christ. We're here today because of that birth of Jesus Christ. God led the Israelites by what? A pillar of fire at night. A light that they could see. He led them through the darkness. Jesus is the light in the darkness. And God through Jesus is our light in the darkness but also the prophecy that's what we need to understand what's written here wasn't just some men sitting down and decide they would write a letter the Holy Spirit washed over them filled them did the Holy Spirit tell Peter to write for we did not know follow clearly no 
he filled him and used his language. He used his surroundings. It would be like us writing a letter today. We would write it a little different than it was written then. But Holy Spirit overshadowed, gave him the inspiration, and guided him and led him as he wrote Scripture. So I believe if Peter was that away, I imagine very much, and I believe by faith, that Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all those were the same. They were inspired by God as they wrote the story of the Christmas story. As they wrote about his life and his death and his burial and his resurrection. We can see it today how it still affects people even today. When you think about the humility of Christ. To be a king sitting on a throne in heaven. Being willing to come to earth and to clothe over that glory in flesh and come as a baby it just I feel something stir in my heart it's the Holy Spirit we can't make these things up and have them match up with prophecy written years before prophecy of Christ's life even after his birth has been fulfilled there are some prophecies that have not been fulfilled in scripture did you know that? Not every prophecy in here has been fulfilled. But the only reason that they haven't is because the time's not here yet. Every prophecy in Scripture one day will be fulfilled 100%. So if you want to take something that you can believe on, something you can trust in, something that you can count on, regardless of what the world says, you can take this right here because it is 100% accurate in its telling the birth of Christ yes you can believe it and I encourage you as, as you have children grandchildren other uh, relations of people that you do pass these stories down and that we tell them and you know I could stand up here and uh, over time I could memorize most why do I always open God's word with you why do I, I read out of God's word because there's something special that comes from hearing the word. I could narrate it in Richard language and tell you a story. But God's language is perfect. That's why we open it. So can we believe in the story of the birth? Yes. And that's where we find the story. That's the reason I love the pictures. And I know you all have heard this many times. I love our nativity scene sets. That have the manger, Mary, Joseph, Jesus. There's going to be sorry, a couple of sheep there. There might be a cow there. You're going to have some shepherds there. And you're going to have some magi there. Some wise men. It's not the truth of the story really. Because they didn't come till later. That's what we're going to talk about next week is their visit. So I encourage you to come back as we look at that. But that's why we need scripture. Because how quick can we take this... And begin to repeat it in a different way and get people to believing it. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, that's all part of Christmas. You know, that was written for a department store. They took it and a guy wrote a story to his child. 
And he presented that story to a department store and they took it and they ran with that and has made it what it is today. Because it was good for sales. You know, everything's about sales. But everything's really about this. Everything's really about what's here. What can we believe? We can believe the story as it's read in God's word. And yes, you can believe. Regardless of what the world tells you, you can believe the story of Christmas. May you bow your heads.